he got out of that cell yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, a door ain't gonna stop me, honey. Nope. <laughs> no one keeps me from my mate. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Romance the Monsters. I'm Em. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. This week we are discussing another Immortals After Dark book. I hope you're not tired of hearing me say that because we have like 20 books to go through. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, this week we read Wicked Deeds on a Winter's Night by Cressley Cole. It is Bowen's book, um, which is going to be an interesting conversation, I feel like, because... Um, when we read A Hunger Like No Other, he was one of the characters that we talked about and asked, like, are you interested Are you interested in this guy's book? And now we read his book, so. So, yeah, I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are. Um, so, Seth, what is this book about? All right. So, okay, so this book starts off um, in the middle of the Talisman's High, which we come to know in book three with Sebastian and Katerine. So we finally get to see the whole um, him wrecking the chances of so many immortals. I remember they talked about it in Sebastian's book. And um, yeah, anyway, so we finally see what he did, and that was him locking them up in this creepy-ass cave. Um, Mariketta being one of them, who he realizes like at the beginning of the book that he has like a sort of attraction to her. Um, but he is very much like faithful to his mate. And wanting to use the key, which is the prize, you know, to turn back time to go save her. Um, So that was the whole point for him. And he would do whatever it took to save his mate, you know, go back in time, whatever. But then, yeah, he can't deny that he is attracted to Mariketta. But anyways, he locks her up with the other immortals. And because she hexed him, he's literally falling apart at the end. Well, not the end, at the beginning of this book, but the end of the last one. And, um... He loses his chances of getting the key. And so then he literally is in the place where all immortals go to die. And he decides that he's going to end his life. But at that time, I believe Lachlan comes with Sebastian. And um, they save him. But then, obviously, because he's so injured and he's not healing because of the hex that Mariketta put on him. Um, he, Which was, you know, he wouldn't heal from any of the injuries he gets Anyways, so because of that, he literally was unconscious for I don't know how many days, but then he realizes the immortals never escaped. And so he's like, uh, oh shit, I might have started a war with all the other factions. And he needs to go save them. And also Mariketta, you know, before I think the full moon. And um, so he literally goes on this mission to go save them. And then he realizes Mariketta has been taken by the, is it, how do you say it? Incubino. I have no idea. The sex, the sex demons, or the sex. Uh, yeah, they're the sex <laughs> <those> demons. <laughs> <laughs> but these demons are not sexy. They literally have been cursed to live in this cave for I don't know how many years, and they literally are like walking corpses. And all they want from Mariketta is for her to break the curse 
and let them die. And it's just like, I don't know, I kind of feel bad for them. I don't know if you guys did. I feel bad. But that just like has a serious emotional toll on Mary Ketta because she is literally, she's 23 years old. She has not become an immortal yet. And it's just a, a lot to take in. And she also was forced to drink blood by them. And it's like nasty, rotting, disgusting blood. I was literally disgusted. <laughs> Which we never really fa- find out, like, what the hell is in that blood exactly. Yeah, like, where, is it, like... Like, she just said it was, like, some blood, but we don't know if it's human. We don't know if it's, like, insects. Ugh. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it could literally be anything. Ooh, what in case it's, like, a mashup of insects? Right? Like, don't know, but... And, and like why were they giving it to her like to i wonder like, was it keep her alive why blood she's not a vampire like that's that's like she's a witch like serve her a meal sir because <laughs> they didn't have she food, food. <laughs> and they didn't want her to die I know, but i was just like why this is weird like she's technically human like we wouldn't survive on blood but Give me blood, I wouldn't survive off of it yeah, for but, I mean, weeks and weeks. They're decaying corpses, so they don't know that. So, so I'm thinking all... it's not blood. I'm thinking they're, like, shoving something else in there. Like, they're, 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 they're couldn't... Come on, girls. Like, <laughs> she couldn't just survive on that. No, I think I remember her saying something, like, admits, like, the blood diet. They also gave her something else. I don't remember what it was. But, yeah, it just sounded disgusting. And I'm just kind of worried that it was their nasty-ass rotting blood. It probably was. Ew, I'm going to barf. Anyways, she's afraid of heights, and the demons, the sex demons, whatever the heck their names are, um, (laughs) (laughs) decided to, like, take her high up into, like, the cave, and she's afraid of heights, so she's afraid of jumping. And also, I forgot to mention, this is where we meet Rydstrom, Cade. Yes. Um, Yes. Who else? The, The elves. Oh, yes. Tyrion or elves or whatever. Yes. Tyrion? Tyrion, I think it is. Yeah. Tyrion or something Do like that. any of the elves slash fae, I don't, they're fae in this book, right? It's not elves. Yeah. So do fae. any of the fae get books? You know what? Or is, not yet. Is it just I, Not that I remember. Because they've been mentioned a lot because Bowen's mate was fae. And then they are fae. And I just feel like the oh. fae are like weirdly like on the side you know what I mean yeah I'm I'm like curious I like because I feel like we're used to books or like the fae are like the main immortal yeah we are (laughs) so like I think it's interesting that like in this series they're kind of not but then I remember one of the Mm -hmm. books the guy's a dark fae Ooh. yeah I am intrigued. Yeah. No. I just want to find out about all the species. Like, whenever something new is mentioned, I'm like, oh, I wonder what your thing is because they're all different, right? Like, we we meet so many new species in this one. Like, we finally meet demons. Yes. We now know what they're like. We find out a little bit more about, like, their process as far as, like, finding a mate. Yeah. We find out a lot more about witches. I feel like before this book, we didn't know much about them at exactly. all. Exactly. Um, so I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I like that we, uh, find out about new things. Yeah, and I think, yeah, Christy Cole does a really good job of, like, she doesn't info dump you in the first book, and, no, like, yeah. she, like, keeps information for later on in the series. And well, she keeps it for so when good. it's relevant, right? Exactly. Like, it's, yeah. It was le- relevant in this book because we had a witch, and then because we, we had the, the demons that are starting, like, you can see the demons are starting to be a bigger part of the plot, and... I feel like that mm-hmm. continues on, at least for the next book. Like, yeah. Like, quite present in that yeah. one, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I do like that she does that. 
But yeah, anyways, continuing on. So what happens is Bowen comes. <laughs> I have a very bad habit of just cutting you no, off. No, it's fine. I synopsis. feel like when you to break up the synopsis, I feel like it gets long yeah. after a while. Anyway, I'm trying to like, you know, cons- like make it concise. <laughs> anyways, so Bowen arrives and he's like, he's literally missing a hand. And he's trying to move this rock. And then he hears screams. And then Mariketta literally, so as he pushes the rock, he sees Mariketta like literally rolling out of the the cave entrance and he just realizes like she's literally like so like she's lost she no she hasn't lost weight because they keep feeding her the blood but she's just yeah. not the mariquetta that he's used to he's not he like he doesn't see like the feisty like alive mariquetta she's very much like shell-shocked anyways so um things happen they finally escape the uh the cave is destroyed and then like it's just more or less like, Mariketta is very much broken in the sense where, like, she never thought that Bowen could leave someone like that or leave, like, at least her there for so long. But then, um, what was it again? Oh, Bowen, because talking to Rydstrom, he thinks that Mariketta is actually his mate, Mariah, reincarnated. And, like, thus starts the romance with him trying to, you know, live a life with a witch who is someone he very much hates. Um... But he's he's still thinking that that's his mate reincarnated. Can I just say that I thought that was really well done in the sense that I it really like she Cressy Cole wrote this part of the plot in a way that really kept me guessing the whole way through. Like I always thought, oh, I think I figured it out. Yeah, and then I I didn't, and then like, <laughs> she would throw something out there, and I was like, oh, okay. So I think now I I have it. Like I think I know what's going on here. Yeah, and then I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> Like, I liked how she did that. Like, it wasn't overly twisty in the sense that it just goes so far out of the way that you're like, you just came up with that out of nowhere. There was no, like, lead lead up to it or whatever. Like, it was, like, all the elements that she, like, essentially the big reveal was, like, you could, all the elements for that were in the plot. Like, you could have... You yeah. could reread the book and see it coming, but, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I felt like it, was, it wasn't, like, a super shocker of a reveal, but it was still shocking enough that it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I remember starting this book the first time and really thinking that she, Mary Ketta was going to be Mariah reincarnated. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. And I kind of hated that. Like, I loved yeah. it, but I hated it at the same time. The the reincarnation? Yeah, the reincarnation. The, the actual reveal? No, the reincarnation. Okay. 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 Yeah. I would have been down with it. I would have I would have been okay with reincarnation in this book. But I liked that she didn't go for it. Yeah. Because... Yes. Because of the whole, like, witchery, sorcery that <laughs> was involved. Yeah, I do like the, the overall, like, witch history and like their mythology and like everything that comes with them because I'm not usually like a witch reader like I don't read books that include witches like it's for some reason I just don't really enjoy witch books yeah I don't like witches either yeah but Cressy Cole the way she writes her witches I'm like yeah okay I can get behind this and I end up like loving the witches like I think I love a lot of the witch books I think there's only two so I love them both Oh, okay. Because I, I was going to say, like, I don't, I wouldn't say I like them as much as I like the Valkyries, but that's just because we we spend more time with the mm-hmm. Valkyries, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say that Reagan was, like, a star in this book? <laughs> she was so funny. She is I, I feel like Reagan is becoming, like, one of my favorite characters in the series. She's yeah. so good. No, I think she's amazing. Okay, let's get down to it. 
<laughs> did you girls enjoy this book? Did you like it? Did you not like it? How'd you feel about it? S, go first. Okay. So, I don't know if, if I probably mentioned it to you girls where I said that I really didn't care for Bowen. Yeah. And, like, I didn't know about Mar- Mariquetta. Like, I had no interest, whatever. Yeah. But I fucking loved this book. Like, I loved it. <laughs> I did. I really did. And I was mad the whole way through, too. You know, because the whole situation with Bowen. And the amount of times that I said, what? When I was listening to the audiobook. There was, like, two or three times, I think, that I said, what? Oh, that's great. During, like, the reveals. Like, towards yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you um, see it coming or not? Were you kind of like me where it was, like, Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't. No. I really okay. thought it was the whole reincarnation. Reincarnation. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I liked it. Like it was like, you know, I was interested, but I didn't again I hated it because I wanted her I wanted him to like her for her. Yeah. And not yeah. because of the whole Mariah thing and all that. And you didn't want to yeah. lose Mary Ketta as a character. I thought she was a great yeah. character. She really was. And I feel like you would have lost some of her fire, I think, if she was Mariah reincarnated. But then again, yes, I agree with all of that. And, and I feel like in this book, reincarnation wouldn't have necessarily fit the plot. But I do think like, I do think it would have made for a, a really interesting question of like, if you are reincarnated, you're not necessarily reincarnated as the same person, meaning like, you could have a, co- a completely different personality. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't think that this is how she she does reincarnation in the series, but it would be kind of interesting if like you're reincarnated in something completely different, someone completely different, mm-hmm. and you could possibly hate a pi- like a past self. Like that'd be cool. Anyway, did you like it, March? Okay. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> no, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I didn't like. It. It wasn't my favorite, mm-hmm. but it was, I would definitely say it was my probably second to favorite so far in the series. What's your first? Warlord. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but I really freaking loved Bowen. Like he, yes. yeah. Batman. He was a bastard though. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Mary Ketta. I hate, I hated him so much, but I was like, I love him. I feel, I feel like this book redeemed him in my head in the sense that like just I I, because we talked about this in the hunger episode like one of the reasons why you and I didn't really connect with Bowen was because of how he was portrayed by the narrator Mm -hmm. and I really feel like I didn't get any of that in this book like it now I have a completely different vision of him obviously and I I can see the angstiness now yeah I feel like (laughs) he was a completely different person and I thought that, um, what did you guys think of the demons? Oh, wait, Seth, oh. what did you think oh. <laughs> upon your reread? <laughs> okay, so I don't know what number of reread this is because this happens to be one of my favorites. Um, I think it might be my third, might be my fourth. But at this point, who knows, you know? Um, but yes, I do love the story. I love Bowen and I love Mariketta and I just love the overall story. And yeah, I just loved, I loved this book. And I think I, I loved it still this fourth or fifth or tenth time around. I think it's still amazing. So what do you guys think of the demons that we made in this book? Because we all know they get books. So I'm, I'm actually about to start Cade's book. Oh. I'm intrigued, like really, really intrigued. Yeah. To the point where I went into Goodreads to see. I saw you added it. I was like, Oof. yeah, I was like right away. I added, I added. She's those. jumping the gun. <laughs> Yeah, I added those two, but I haven't added, um, what is it, Conrad's book? I'll add it once I start it. 
I'm like, whatever about Conrad. Oh my gosh. You were ready for these, these demons. Oh, I have a question about the demons. Do they always have horns or do they appear? That was like a little confusing to me because if you look on the cover, they don't have horns. Yeah. So I just don't know if they're badly portrayed on the cover art or... I think they're badly portrayed because I took it as like the horns are like pretty much like in their head. Like, they're just, oh, like, you know, resting on their hair. forward? <laughs> I think, no, no, no. What happens is I think they're resting on their head. Like, they're still pretty much, like, here. But then once they get, like, enraged or, like, feeling any type of way, they go, whoo! Like, they stick up. What? <laughs> what? I thought they had, like, little nubs of, like, little horns. Yes. And then they just Me grew. Me too. Well, I mean, I didn't think that they grew or moved or whatever. That's a little freaky. But I just thought it was, like, short like you know other parts of the male body when they get you know excited i love that yeah because that's like because i feel like it's pretty obvious so at least so far that that's like a way to arouse a demon male is just to like touch his horns or whatever like that's a really uh sexy place that you don't touch unless uh you want to get frisky yeah (laughs) so i'm excited for that Which one are you more intrigued for, though? Brightstrom or Kate? Um, Which one are you guys most excited to see? I think Cade for now. Yeah. I'd, I'd say Cade for now, but I do have a note about Brightstrom. Brightstrom? Brightstrom? I'm going to I'm gonna have to figure out how to freaking say his name. For his <laughs> book episode? Yeah. In the audiobook, I think he said Brightstrom. Brightstrom. Mm. And they're seven feet tall. Oh, yeah, they're tall. They're massive. I do like that. Um, but anyway, my, my note just says, um, Rystrom is such a matchmaker in this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he is. Really is. Yeah. He is. <laughs> he's just, like, setting very Kenna and Bowen together. He, like, he goes to talk to Bowen. He's like, listen, the full moon is coming. Yeah. She's single. She's in the, the jungle. She needs a protector. Like, who's gonna do it? It has to be you, or else Kate is gonna like jump on the opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he goes to see Mary Kenna and does like a similar speech. And then Bowen is like, "Well, shit. I mean, I have to make her mine now, right?" <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love their accents too. They're very different. Mm-hmm. I, I like how he makes them very because I think Rystrom sounds a little. I think he says South African is the. The accent that Rydstrom no, has? No. Um, I think Rydstrom was very... He's like the pure British. And Cade was like very like Cockney-esque. Because it, it might have been in Conrad's book, but I do feel like one of the characters says something about a South African uh, accent. Oh. When talking about Rydstrom. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. In this book, he did sound just English. I'm trying to remember. Um, I read, I think I only read Cade's book once, and I, I, I don't think I liked it as much as I thought I was going to like it. There are some issues, I think. But I'm curious to see, because I felt like it's a running theme in my reread, that my opinions change a bit. Mm. So I'm curious to see how mm. I feel about Cade's book the second time around now. Like a few years later, I wonder, I wonder if it's going to change. Let's talk about the should we just jump into the night of the full moon like should we just do that <laughs> or not i feel like let's work our way up do you think i mean what comes before i mean Except, like, like just them running away and 
the banter. Let's talk about the banter that they have. Oh, they have such good banter. I feel like this one was way more funny. The fact that she was a witch and she was mortal. Oh, yeah. That was super interesting. Yes. Marge's like, oh, yeah, that was also important. <laughs> but I just want to get to the full moon. I said that was super interesting. Not important. Oh, but, yeah, sorry. it was pretty important to the plot. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> this also brings it back to a hunger like no other. Like, I, I, we said this, we hate comparing. But I think it's, like, the similar aspect where, like, Bowen was uber alpha. Like, he's still very much, like, an alpha. And, like, mm-hmm. but Mary Ketta, because, like, I just feel like she's so feisty and, like, so sure of herself. She literally fought back all the time and not just, like, with yeah. her words. And, like, she obviously had her magic to back her up. But, like, she was very, like, she kept Bowen yeah. on his toes. Whereas Emma, at the beginning, was very much, like, just taking what he, what, what, what Lock Lane gave her. So I feel like it was different in that sense. But Bowen was still very yeah. much alpha. I love that she didn't give in. She just yeah. gave it right back. She's so and, good. Okay, you guys don't want to talk about the full moon, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because, uh. <laughs> because I feel like that translated even into that scene where I got out of that scene what I wanted to get out of the scene in A Hunger Like No Other in the sense that I wanted her to run away. I wanted her to not give in so easily, which Mary Ketta doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she's she runs away. She's like, hell no, I'm not giving in to this. Like, he's a freaking monster. Yeah. Like, he, he's scary as fuck. Yeah. I am not... Like, not but, tonight. like, can we also take in yeah. that this girl got captured by, like, drug lords and was about to... I don't even know why, but she was kept in a cell and she's like, man, my lichens got me, okay? But I'm also yeah. scared of him. But yeah, that was pretty. I was like, "What the heck? What's going on here?" <laughs> I I thought I thought she was gonna like lock him up in the cell that she was in and just leave him there for the night, and like it was just gonna be like him howling at the moon from within his cell or whatever. But turns out he just he got out of that cell yeah. pretty easily. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like a door ain't gonna stop me, honey. Nope, <laughs> no one keeps me from my mate. <laughs> Yeah, no, I loved that scene. I really did. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, uh, I don't know, like, just her running away, and then, like, she gets caught, and then she's thrown into a cell, and then she finds a Jeep or whatever, and then she's, like, driving away, and, like... <laughs> this man, it's Bowen, so. literally catches the Jeep and, like, is holding it, it really with his does. two hands, and she's like, oh, shit, I am screwed. <laughs> and then, like... Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I saw what you did there. <laughs> But yeah, oh gosh. Okay, let's get to where I think you are heading with this. Which is? When <laughs> where was I heading sex, with this? And he doesn't say, he says Mariah. Oh my oh, god, shit. Oh man. Yes, <laughs> he oh, does. So bad. <laughs> oh, shit. I thought that's where you were headed, Marge. Um, I had forgotten that. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, he does. I remember my emotions oh, reading that the first god. time. It scarred me. I literally had to put down my book. And yeah. I was like, Bowen, Bowen. That is the kind of, yeah, yeah. No, that's the kind of moment where, as a reader, you want to throw your book at a wall. Yeah. You're like, are you freaking kidding me? Did he just do that? That's that's a first for me in a romance novel. I've never read a romance novel before Same. where the guy calls the girl another name. Yeah, Same. yeah I think this is the first for me, too. How did you feel? I was feel? like, Chrissy Cole, you are, you are playing with fire oh. here. <laughs> 
this is a no-no. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't burn him or, like, I don't know, use use her power against him. Like She, well, she did, like, rip all his clothes up and throw yeah. it, like, up on a tree or something. I don't remember. How did you feel, As? I remember you messaging in our group chat. Yeah. Going, I knew what scene you were at, and I was like, ugh. That was one of the parts where I screamed, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think I even updated on Goodreads. What? No, it's just yeah. crazy. Like, you know, like, Bowen at that point was, like, that person that searches up on Google. Oh, shit, I just called my partner by my <laughs> ex's name. What do I do? <laughs> you you know, like, those Reddit posts? Yeah. Where it's, like, me, male, 28. Yes. Just called my female, 26, by another woman's name. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the asshole in the story? <laughs> that, that was Bowen. Yeah, that, that was Bowen. <laughs> Oh, gosh, Bowen. Speaking of ages, I love that she kept rubbing it in that, like, he was ancient. (laughs) She's like, no, I'm only 23. He was a relic. And, like, she was really good. Like, she had me cracking up with, like, I forgot even, like, what, I think I saved one. But she was just funny. Can we talk about Bowen finding uh, Mariketta's, air quotes, lipstick? (laughs) What a jerk. The you lipstick that, that was not a lipstick. <laughs> I was just like, okay. And then he's like, would you rather I show this to everyone? <laughs> I'm sad it didn't like come, come into, into play. play in the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish the lipstick <laughs> had made a comeback. But he kind of destroyed it because he's like, I want to be he the did. only source of her pleasure. <laughs> yeah, he did. In true, in true, uh, Alpha. What are they called? Like no, a, in true like a style. Ah. They don't they don't like competition even if it's the battery powered battery op- operated <laughs> ones. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like you really see their age in the sense where like he's very 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 like like strict and like old school. Old yeah. school. Where and she's very like easygoing and like has her own like thought process. And yeah. I just loved when she just, like, called him, I think, a relic. Or what did she call him, like, a museum? No, no, no. She said something like how, aren't you supposed to be in a museum or something? Like, it was just so funny. I just, I, can't, I didn't <laughs> save it. I thought I did. called him a relic. Yeah. How old is she? How old 20, is she? She's because only 23. She's like a baby in this yeah. world. She's only 23. That's crazy and insane because he's, like, 12, like 1,200 years old. Yeah. Like, that is a problematic age gap if I ever saw one, but you know what I mean? I like him yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I have a note here, and that this is a question I had. Okay. In A Hunger Like No Other, am I, am, am I confusing Bowen with someone else when I think he was portrayed as a drunk or like someone who drinks a lot? No, he was. Was that him? Yeah. And then, because I, I thought that was weird because in this book, he's not like that at all. So I was like, is this like a weird, like, editing issue? Like, no. Like a plot hole or whatever? Because no. he was. Like, I took it as, like, in A Hunger Like No Other, he literally is drinking to numb his pain. I don't think immortals mm-hmm. can suffer from, like, alcoholism or, like, things like that. Like, I think their body, like, automatically, like, yeah, metabolizes but why alcohol. Yeah, this in this book. Because, because he had this a purpose. Book is on the high. Right? Yeah, no, this book, this book he had a purpose. He thought he was getting his mate back. So he's like, oh, I don't need a drink. I have like a, a goal in mind. I'm going to get save my mate and, you know, I'll be happy. But then once he found Mary Ketta, okay. he's like, oh, I have a mm-hmm. new a new purpose in life that doesn't, you know, involve alcohol. Like he doesn't need to numb his pain. 
Yeah. Because he has okay, hair. That makes sense. That's how I took it. So she kind of reminds me of Emma in the sense that she too has a lot on her shoulders mm-hmm. at a very young age yeah. in the sense that um, Emma was being very sheltered by the Valkyries because of what she is and like who she like like her parents and like her story and whatever and I feel like I got a little bit of that with Mary Ketta too because she was prophesized as being this super witch yeah <laughs> essentially yeah. like because essentially like she's hidden away she's she's wearing like a glamour so yep. that her physical appearance is different her scent is hidden because essentially the prophecy is that she will meet a male who will say that she's his mate and then lock her away or whatever, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why, like, the witches have told her that she needs to hide who she is um, because why exactly? Um, Because then she wouldn't be able to fulfill her... Destiny. Her Yeah, her destiny. Okay, so I had a question about, you know, the male locking her away. Do you think it happened that early on in the book when he locked her up in the cave, like, literally? Or do you think it was when... They were in the cabin closer to, like, the end part of the story where um, he locks her away in the sense where he tells her not to practice the mirror magic. Like, do you think it happened in this book? I didn't think about that. I think in the sense of locking her away, it was just him kind of saying, stop doing magic, stop looking into the mirror and practicing it. I think think you might be right because... Because according to the prophecy, he would realize she's his mate before locking her away. Like, he locks her away because of that Mm -hmm. and not before. So I feel like it makes more sense what S is saying of, like, that was him when he really didn't like what she was doing with her magic and just telling her not to use it. And yeah, yeah, I feel like that's probably what locking away meant. But he did he did do it like literally, you know, you're right. He like did. at the beginning of the book. That's that's kinda how their story begins is he locked her away and now he regrets it very much. <laughs> no, I just I felt like I think it was more or less like the part where he's telling her not to practice that type of magic and like that's essentially mm-hmm. her giving up part of herself. And like that's obviously not something that she would ever do for anyone, let let alone like a man. And I just feel like yeah. I just, I think that was, for me, I think that was when I was like, yeah, that's when he locked her away. I love that she wouldn't give in, though. She's just like, no, it's not going to happen. I think I I saved that quote because I felt like it was very, like, it really showed the type of character that she was and how strong she was in her belief that, you know, her magic isn't wrong. Yeah, It's very much a part of her and she can't give it up. It's who she is. So I saved it. And then she basically tells him, you want me to give up magic, but it's a part of me that I can't deny. And then Bowen replies, no, you can rid yourself of it if you try. Practicing is a choice. And then she t- like tells him, then sacrifice something dear for me. She said, a challenging tone. Like what? Like hunting. Never hunt and run the night again. You're mad. And then she's like, it's equivalent. Because to her, you know, magic is what gives her joy. It's literally so engraved in her like that is who she is instinctual for her yeah just like it is for him and then she also like he says no it's not hunting does not harm other people and then she says yet you assume i'm going to i know like are mistrustful of witches but there must be more to this deep prejudice you need to start talking so that's when like i feel like she hit a wall and he just wasn't fully sharing what happened his hate for witches was like literally just like awful and like it was making her 
like I don't know. I just like I didn't like him in that like that scene. I just felt like it was so hard to read about because Mary Petta practicing her magic was so like crucial to her. Speaking of which, how did you feel about the whole buildup of what was behind the mirror? Did you think it was going to be something evil? Because turns out it really wasn't. Like yeah. she just meets up with like her I don't know, I don't remember who the woman was, but like her instructor or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and just like has a chat. And I, I remember sitting there like, she should have gone earlier. She should have. <laughs> all of this all of this just for a little history lesson. That was a little confusing actually. The her instructor being the one behind the mirror. Well, I think it's because essentially what she was seeing in the mirror was herself, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. evil version of herself, which I liked. I liked that there was like two sides of her. Um and then I think that the mirror is like a place that doesn't really exist it's like a parallel universe if you will it's her own dimension because our girl's too powerful that she gets her own dimension (laughs) yeah and and essentially all the other witches or like friends and family can reach her in that place it is kind of weird and a little bit like wacky in the sense that it's hard to understand how that would ever work Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, it was a little bit confusing, but I feel like that's that's just what it is. It's just a different dimension, her own dimension. And I, I think it was really interesting because, like, I don't know. I think it was more in the sense of, like, the mirror and what she saw in the mirror was freaky. And even Bowen mm-hmm. was like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, scaring the shit out of me. But I also think that's come like that's coming from like his dislike of magic and witches. But also with the idea of, like, the, like, the apple, which, like, I associate with as like the forbidden fruit like it's something that you know you must never take or else Mm -hmm. you know it's a grave sin or whatever so I mean like in the sense where like the apple did represent knowledge and yeah um yeah so it kind of was the forbidden fruit in the sense where she gets this knowledge and she doesn't know what to do with it like she gets so much information that she's like I need to know more and more and more so in, in the sense it's kind of a bad thing but in the end, you realize it actually wasn't. <laughs> like, she was just, it, like, trying to figure out. It actually wasn't. And I, I really liked how Cressley Cole did that because you really think the whole way through that if she ever goes in the mirror, like, all hope is lost. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And yet, when you think about it, she did say that apples were good for witches. Like, yeah. it's a sign of knowledge. Because, yeah. you know, when you think apples, you, you when you think of, like, some evil witch offering you an apple, what do you think of? You think of Snow White mm-hmm. and that ugly-ass witch yeah. <laughs> with her poisoned apple. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's done really well in the sense that the afterwards you're like, well, you know what? kind of made sense. Like, she said so since, like, from the beginning that yeah. apples were not actually evil to them. Like, it was a good sign for a witch. So, yeah, you know, I liked, I liked how throughout the whole book, I mean, I kind of said that already with, like, the whole plot twist at the end um, mm-hmm. about, like, her identity. But I, like, I liked how there were many little plot threads like that that Cressy Cole was like playing around with and making you guess what's going to happen here what's going to happen here I do feel like it's so far the book that played like that with the the narrative the most Mm -hmm. um and I like that a lot that's good I'm happy you did I felt like yeah this book was more like the plot was very intricate compared to like the other Mm -hmm. ones like there was a lot as you said a lot of plot threads 
that were coming to light and like they were weaving in a like, in a story that was just very very intricate and just very like you just don't know how it was going to play out until it played out. Yeah. And I I do feel like it was the most complex as far as like plot yeah but also i mean just just like the the thing with the war i haven't like google searched it but i'm pretty sure that what she said about the war that the war that was going on in the the what what country were they in in the beginning like the war that broke out and then they had to like run away because people were oh yeah yeah the drug like she she yeah but it wasn't that though there was like a an actual war going on like was it honduras no I don't remember. I think it was. I think it's under- well, so Anyway, like, I, I didn't search that, but I'd, I'd be ready to bet that that's an actual thing that, like, Cressley Cole decided to weave into this plot. Yeah. Like, an actual thing that happened. Like, I just, I thought it was really interesting in the sense that there were many layers to this, and mm-hmm. it definitely was much, much more complex and much more intricate than the other books so yeah. far. I think, yeah. For this one, for sure, I felt like it was a lot more of like a deeper plot but i do think sorry i just choked on my own spit oh (laughs) um side note uh i saw a meme today that was like you know when you choke on air and then someone was like ghost dicks (laughs) (laughs) what because you're just like (laughs) that is funny that's awesome yeah i thought so Um, she's like oh i'm gonna go around choking the air more often (laughs) The ghosts deserve some love too, all right? <laughs> yeah, they probably need some action. They haven't had some in like hundreds of years, you know. Listen, well, we don't know what ghosts are doing right now, right? Like right here, right now. Exactly. You know, you could have like two ghosts behind you just having a blast. What, right? like, yeah, like, what are you doing over there? You don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, why was I saying that? You just choked oh, on your I, because I don't think that the the drug lords and the people having a like a war were the same people oh i think it was two separate things oh happening at once though i could be wrong all i know is that this was like the first book that actually kind of had humans featured in it oh yeah and um i just thought it was really interesting the way she worked in the humans and like you got to see that obviously humans (laughs) like aren't always good and Mm -hmm. yeah they were literally fleeing from the humans but also you know, they had to get to a certain area before, you know, the full moon. Or else a war would start out. And we knew this <laughs> because of Reagan throwing. I, I was dying. Reagan throwing the cars. And then she's like, wait, is this one? Is this one Bowen's? And she's like throwing a car. And then it was like, it was, was it Lockleans? I think it was Lockleans. I think it was Emma's, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. I just freaking love Reagan. She's just so funny. I think I even saved it. I just, like I just thought she was just hilarious. How did you feel about the the I guess you could say climax of the story um, where Mariketta gets stuck in the mirror looking at her own reflection like just entranced. I just thought that was so interesting. Yeah. Like I've never seen that before in a book. No? Or just be well i mean no i mean i've never seen a, a, a mirror witch before oh. yeah <laughs> that was a first but i thought that was a really interesting thing where it's like she literally cannot look at a mirror ever yeah. 
Um, I mean, like, I think it's until, like, the power gets, like, locked away. But, like, I think let's also, yeah. like, go further back in the sense where um, when Mariah comes back. And, like, obviously we know it's not Mariah, but, like, Mariah. no one else knows that it's not Mariah. And, like, Mary Ketta is... I, I, I kind of knew, though. Yeah. I kind of... Ex- I, yeah... I, that one I was I saw coming. I, I was, was really like, this mad. Is, this is not Mariah. Because I kind of wanted it to be Mariah and for him to make that choice himself. I hate when the choice is taken away. He made the choice. He but fucking there was made no the choice. choice. Yeah, he did. There, were, oh, there yeah, were no choices. He did make the choice. Him not going to Mariquetta when she reached out her hand and he just like... Yeah. That was his choice. That was his fucking choice. Well, yes, but no, because he didn't. He then chose Mariquetta. He had a discussion with. But he her, hesitated with Mariah. Yeah, and he, he said, did hesitate. I'm sorry. He hesitated. Well, yeah, that, okay. that was, that's a oh choice. My, he, for me. Give the men some credit, guys. No. He has like two ladies after him. No, <laughs> and he did say. He did say. Hold on, I saved it because it broke my heart because Mariquetta. Like, I think we'll talk about it later, but like she has this fear of like not being enough. She, he hesitates, and she pulls her hand back, and for me, that was so heartbreaking, because, like, it was. she had already fallen in love with him, and she needed him to choose her, because no one yeah. else did. At least, obviously, that's what, not, that's not, not what happened, but, well, that was a stutter. <laughs> <laughs> You're still stuck on the knots, I think. <laughs> yeah. Who's not stuck on the knots? <laughs> There's an atrocious lack of knots in this uh, series. Why so far. can't like yeah. it have knots? Listen, they're they're inspired by dogs. It makes no sense, Grizzly Cole. I Where know. are the knots? Come on, dogs have knots. Like a should have knots. Should they not? <laughs> they should. <laughs> I mean, I've read a bunch of werewolves books where they had knots. Yeah. So like, Grizzly Cole could have could have made her like a a little bit more. Um, Naughty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. We can't be helped. (laughs) Anyways, so what happened was, so after, um, you know, Bowen does not take her hand, he says, like, damn the witch, sorry, damn the witch for pressuring me like this. Because, like, obviously he's just, like, as you said, faced with two females, and he's like, shit, one is my mate that he thinks is his mate, and then the other is a woman he's fallen in love with. And, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, it's a tough situation to be in. But he did make his choice then. But then later on, as you said, S, I believe, that he did ma- change his choice later on. And he did tell Mariah he'd set her up, she'd be fine, but he just can't live his life with her. But he did make it before he, find, like, before he found out. Not really, but it did. He did. He does choose her before knowing that she was actually yeah. her mate all Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot. That was, in, that was important, I think. Yeah. For him to, to make that choice beforehand. I agree. Cause... He does, at first, choose Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, because like I said, I don't like when choices being taken away. And I like that he chose Mary Ketta before realizing that uh, Mariah was Hexa. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, anyway, so going into that and then Mariquetta battling Hexa, and she's literally, like, she was a goddess, but then she got turned into an immortal. Um, She literally is the embodiment of evil. And, like, Mariquetta, 23-year-old not immortal, (laughs) like, has to go fight this scary-ass witch. And, yeah, no. And I just loved when she realized the medallion that he's been wearing on his neck forever was, like, the enchantment and like once he takes like yeah. once she burns it off he like finally feels the full force of like the mating bond 
and uh it was so beautiful like um well the scene where mariketa finds out about that necklace and and finds out that it belonged to his mate oh yeah it was heartbreaking yeah like before finding out that it was actually like yeah a bad thing was when she thought he'd just been wearing that and she was like we had sex and you had that thing on i know (laughs) i was like girl i get you well he also said mariah's name in the throes of passion bowen is a hot mess bowen is literally the embodiment of a hot mess yeah Yeah. (laughs) um one thing this kind of reminded me of rowan rowan in throne of glass whoa hello throne of glass what so only the the aspect of how Meve kind of came up from what I remember <gasps> she kind of made up with Lyra. Oh yeah, being she his made him mate. like yeah. a false to think. You're so right. It kind of it ri- reminded me of this. Yeah. How right? did I not think of that? You're so right. Uh, I know that totally bypassed me too. The Throne of Glass series by Sergio Mass, everyone. If in case you didn't know. Yeah. Read it. Um, there's a there's plenty of great ships in that one. Yeah, Rowan was broken after Lyra dying. That's, yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I didn't make that connection. Me because too. I am the number one Rowan and Aelin fan on Earth. Like, just a <laughs> fake fan? Fake fan. <laughs> hey! I'm not proud of myself. So thanks, thanks for that, S. You're welcome. You're welcome. But I think it's so awful. Like, ugh that Haksa did it because she feeds on people's angst and pain. Misery. And she's like, all right, I know Bone's going to feed me some good-ass angst, so I'm just going to do it. And then he literally fed her for hundreds of years. Are we not Hexa, though? Like, do we not read these books because we feed off of people's angst? I don't want to be compared to an evil immortal goddess, okay? (laughs) Well, I mean, she has a point. (laughs) She does. I love me some good angst. It's what feeds my soul, literally. So I get her. Jeez. <laughs> I had a question, though. I don't know if you can help me answer it. But, um, I mean, like, I kind of answered it in my head just now. But the question I had was, um, now that Hexa is no longer an issue, like, in the sense where she's literally been obliterated and Mariketta has taken in her powers into herself. But, like, now yeah. there's no um, balance. Like, we have, like, the good goddess was was what um i forgot her name i don't know but then uh, i don't know hecate was like the balance between like good and evil and then haxa was literally evil so now there's no balance right so like what happens is this like is this like your way of like trying to st- to feel out if, if like we've noticed something that's gonna come back no 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 this is just like my <laughs> like because i tend to forget like the like the big you know like the big plot like, I just, mm-hmm. like, I usually remember little cute scenes with, like, the main couple. But, um, I just kind of, like, I don't know. I just, doesn't I Mary, The balance is off. Right? But doesn't Mary kind of absorb that and kind of make it her own? Where but she now they're locking it away. So, like, I don't think it has, like, I just think there's no balance anymore. But I think I remember, um, her teacher telling her that because Hexa became, like, just immortal, like, she's not a goddess anymore. Like, it didn't matter. Like, things were already changing. But, like, I, that still confuses mm. me because, like, there always is a balance. And now there isn't a balance. Like, it's very unbalanced in the good side. I'm still stuck on the fact that you said there's a dark fae at some point. <laughs> oh, I love that book. It's so good. It's called Sweet Ruin. I believe it's, like, 
Okay, I've heard that. I've heard of that one. I've heard of that one. It's a it's a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot no, of that one favorite. was so good. That one's also one of my favorites. People Love always it. say either Lock Lanes. No, not Lock Lane. Lothair's. Lothair or Sweet Ruin is like their favorite book in the yeah. series. No, that book's really good. It was shocking. But I'm just yeah. excited to find out more about literally everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited too. I'm really curious to see where she takes the series later on. Like, I feel like once, you know, mm-hmm. it gets further. I'm also excited to see what you guys think of other characters and like what you think of their books we shall see (laughs) i have a note here that says during sex bowen can't stop looking at her eyes and then afterwards he just wants to hold her hand oh he wanted to hold her hand all the time during that first sex scene i just loved how he kept mentioning that he just can't look away from her eyes and she's like he could look at my body but he just he just wants to see me yeah I just really like that. And then afterwards, he just wants to hold her hand. And that's like, just cuddly. And then he yells at Mariah. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> I'm so bitter about that. I know. It was pretty bad. But, like, I feel like at the time, maybe it was, like, the enchantment and the necklace making him yeah. remember that, you know, Mariah is, quote, unquote, his mate, but really not. I think you're giving him too much credit. He was just being a dumbass. True. <laughs> I like how he says, how he says, I really fucked it up this time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Says, yeah. Yeah. But that. he says that quite often. I remember him saying that um, when he saw her, when he, they had a big fight and then he left her and then he sees her talking to the mirror and then he's like, you know what? I need to accept certain parts of her, but then he doesn't. Like he's an asshole and literally is just like, he starts back yelling at her and being like, you need to stop practicing magic. And, like, I think he realizes later on, he's like, I actually need to practice what I preach and let her live her life. Okay, so I have a question slash discussion for you guys. Sure. Have you noticed five books into the series that Cressley Cole always, always, always skips over the honeymoon phase? She just mentions it and then moves on. What do you mean? And by honeymoon honeymoon fit phase, I mean like the part of the book where the two characters are actually falling in love. They're doing all the things together. They're like happy for X amount of weeks yeah. living together. And then the climax happened and then the, you know, True. trouble. How do you feel about that? And also my question is mostly like, do you think that the honeymoon phase is actually necessary in romance or do we just not care about them just being happy because not mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like when authors write novellas that take take place after the book their yeah. book because usually it's just happy fluff and people don't like happy fluff so how do you feel about that like do you think it's necessary or do you feel like it's okay just to, to be told on page that oh and they fell in love during that week and you just don't really see it happen I don't know. I think it depends on the book. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of like, um, for example, of like a honeymoon phase that was that was skipped over um, in Mist and um, Nikolai's book when when she just mentions that they've been having sex all over the world. Yeah. That was like their honeymoon phase. Yeah. And then there was one in this book. There was one in the next book. Yeah. There's 
every single book has had that so far. Yeah. A quick montage type thing where she just mentions what happened during those days and then like yeah. skips over. Kind of like in romance uh, movies where it's like you just see, see a, a montage, montage of what yeah. they've been doing together. And then yeah. by the end of that, they're like, oh my God, I'm so in love with this person. No, okay. So for me, okay. So for in this book, it was pretty like the montage did happen. It was when they were in that cabin, you know, by the water. Yeah. Um, so that was their montage scene. But I don't know. I feel like in Cressy Cole's books, I feel like I don't really need an in-depth honeymoon phase for some reason. I just feel like because this book is always like go, 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 and it's like full of angst. And then, yeah, they reach like their, you know, their happiness, their optimum happiness. But I feel like for Cressy Cole's books, they don't really reach their optimum happiness until the end of the story. Like, I just feel like there's always something holding them back to reach like that optimum happiness like in this book it was literally him not wanting her to practice magic and it did take a toll in their relationship so like I feel like the honeymoon phase was kind of not necessary to actually read about because like you know something that happened like it's not their real honeymoon phase yeah I I mean I just think this is why Hexa kind of has a point like we don't like reading about happy fluff very often yeah like we prefer angst and pain yeah. yeah and like tension and hate to love as opposed to just fluff so i think it's interesting like she's having a point guys she has a point <laughs> but i also feel like in a sense um it kind of slows the story down it does it does i do appreciate some good happy moments but i feel like it has to be in the overall plot like it can't just be like good like maybe like a good three chapters of them being happy you know having the best sex, having, like, great conversations, going on dates, and, like, just enjoying each other's company. Like, I want to see that throughout the story with moments of angst and pain. But, like, I want to see it as, like, a growth in their relationship, not just, like, a, a standstill of, like, three chapters of them being happy. I agree with Seth. I feel like Cressley Cole offers enough for us to, you know, to keep us interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like her formula is very, it's very different in the sense where there's conflict up until the end. But, like, it's good. And, like, the she has a good balance of, like, good scenes and angsty scenes and bad scenes, you know, hurtful scenes, all of it put together. She has a good balance. But I will admit, I do love a good epilogue scene. Like, a good epilogue where the honeymoon phase is pretty much the focus of it. And you get to see Mm -hmm. how happy their life was and, like, how many kids they had. Like, historical romances do it really good. And but then there's this new trend of having like eight bajillion epilogues at the end of your okay, book. No. I do not. I just like need that. one. Give me one epilogue. Give me yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I just I don't need to see what happens five years down the line, ten years down the line, twenty five years down the line. <laughs> I'm just like no, just give me like a year or two down the line and that's it I don't need more yeah like I don't care after that (laughs) sorry (laughs) I read I read a book where they had I think I want to say maybe four (gasps) four but it I liked it in the sense because they started off young and they get to a point where they're like okay but yet they still have struggles so you see them a couple years older what they're going through and how they overcome that and then a couple years older until they're adults and they have their own kid and they kind of see what they went through when they were young. They're starting to see that in their kid. So you mm-hmm. kind of see how it kind of goes. But my question is, like, is that needed as an epilogue? Could that, could that not be part of the plot period before it's that? Probably, prologue? yeah. But, I mean, I, I read it and I don't know. I liked it. We got to see little snippets of their life throughout the years. So, I mean, I didn't mind it. I feel like that would have made for a really long book if they were to include that in the overall story. 
So I think little snippets. Like, Only, and she could have done the exact same thing as as it as she did in the epilogue, just not called it an epilogue. True. Just chapter twenty eight or whatever. True. That's true. Like, I just don't understand the point. Even if they're jumping years. Yeah. Why not? I've read books where you go from chapter twenty seven to twenty eight, and it just says four years later. <laughs> like. But towards the end, though. Yeah, yeah, I've read a book where it just skipped five years, like, three chapters before the end. But then, Marge, can you argue that the epilogue now is no longer necessary? Why? Because, like, you keep skipping to, like, their happy moments in their life. Well, because, no, because she says, for, she, sa- she said that the, the epilogues were, like, them still having struggles. And oh. then seeing this, those, yeah. those things in their kid, and, like... I feel like that belongs in the book. The epilogue to me is like perfect happiness or not necessarily perfect happiness, but like the end, period. Like you should end the epilogue and feel like you've ended the story. That they've reached their absolute bliss. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Okay, now I have a question for you guys. So now that you've read, I guess, for you, S4, and then for you, March, five books, um, but let's pretend you didn't read the fifth book. How do you feel in terms of, like, so we've already read two like a books and two vampire books. How do you feel about the plot? Like, do you feel like they're similar to each other? Do you feel like they have, like, differences? Like, you can differ- differentiate between the story and characters? Like, do you feel like she's recycling story points? Like, do you feel like she's recycling anything? Like, how are you feeling in terms of, like, the differences and the similarities between the books? I feel like they're all different. Different characters, different traits, different personalities, different plots, different... Like how the last book, it included the high... The Was it the high? Mm-hmm. It was included in this book, but just for like, what, five chapters? Yeah. Like, I felt like it wasn't the same. Like, it was a completely different... I saw the high as a completely different thing. Exactly. Like, it was told in a, in a different perspective. Like, it, it was different. Yeah. If we're only taking these four books into consideration, I would say that, yes, I do feel that they're all very different from each other. And, um, well, I mean, especially because so far we've always had, we haven't really had a repeat as far as, like, characters in the sense that, yeah, we've had, like, a Lyke and then another Lyke, but one of the Lykes is with a witch and then the other one is with a vampire slash Valkyrie. And then one of the vampires is with a Valkyrie, and then the other vampire is... Wait, who's the... Uh, and, well, they're both with Valkyries, actually. But even them, like, they're different enough vampires that I didn't feel like it felt the same. Um, so, no, I would say that so far it feels pretty new and, and fresh every time you start a book. Like, you do get some things that are now familiar to you, which is great because... She doesn't have to re-explain them, or when she mentions something, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that, or I know that, or whatever, and so that's fun, because I do feel, by this point in the series, I do feel like I'm very, um, I don't want to say knowledgeable, because obviously I've only read like four or five books, but like I do feel settled in the story, is what I'm trying to say. Like I do feel like I've figured out what this world is, and like how it works, and who the characters are and stuff and and obviously now we know a lot more about side species that we haven't like necessarily mm-hmm. fully met yet yeah. so I don't know yeah no I'm with you for like for both of you I'm with you guys in the sense where like 
the overall like plot is very much the same. You know, they find a mate, they overcome some issues, and like there are a lot of big issues that they have to overcome. And then at the end, they reach their like absolute happiness. So it's just like those aspects are pretty much similar, but like I felt the characters and like the pairings are very different from one another. And I also feel like the their conflicts could be, I guess, looked at in the same lens, but at the same time, they're very much different and very personal for themselves. Okay, and I feel like this brings us to what or who is the monster of this story? Bowen. <laughs> Bastard. He's a monster. <laughs> for me, it was more like for Mary Ketta. Like, I feel like she had a lot of monsters to overcome, and that being her feeling like she wasn't enough, and, like, never feeling like she was ever the one that was chosen. Like, I feel like that's something that's so relatable in so many situations. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. But I also felt like that sabotaged her relationship with Bowen in the sense where, like, she didn't see anything worth fighting for because it looked like he had already chosen Mariah. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like in that sense, that was her monster of, like, always being passed up and always being looked at as less. And even in his eyes, with his own prejudices... He looked at her as a lesser being because he hated witches. So I feel like that played a lot into her, you know, not feeling enough. So one thing I really loved and appreciated about Mary Ketta in this book is that she never feared her darker self. She It was never something she was scared of. At least I didn't get that impression. And yeah. I felt like that was a kind of a comeback to our Kitara and Lord Death episode in which we talked about how um, women have this darker self that oftentimes we're told to like push away yeah whereas Kitara embraces it and in this case like Mary Ketta is not afraid of it mm-hmm. and I just love it when women do that when they fully are aware of the darker side of themselves they embrace it and I love that and and that is something that Bowen feared but at the same time thought was really enticing like yeah it's just that it was for her we've had a lot of in this series so far we've had a few characters that feared who they were mm-hmm. and I feel like that was not the case with Mary Ketta at any point like in the sense she also kind of like feared I guess people's opinion on her because in the beginning of the book she did say like she is Mary like Mary Ketta the awaited but she's like awaited for what she like literally didn't know what her purpose was, but people are already, like, commending her and saying that she's such a great witch when she's like, I haven't, like, unlocked any powers yet. I don't even know what I'm awaited for. Yeah. And, like, my own parents left me. Like, I just have, like, nothing. But at the same time, she obviously, like, she builds her powers as the book progresses, but she also, she puts her foot down in the sense where, like, Yeah. yeah, at the end, she's, like, she doesn't know that obviously Bowen wants to be with her, but at that point he really didn't know what he wanted. But I mean, like, in like, I guess, was it the beginning or midpoint of the story, um, she literally asks Bowen if somehow, some way, a key comes about, would you use it to go save Mariah, thus eliminating me? And he's like, uh, yeah, I would. And then... <laughs> yeah. And then Mariketta was like, bitch, no. Then you don't get me at all. Like, I love that she put her foot down and was like, no, I'm going to fight for what I deserve because I deserve better. And she does, in a sense, when she doesn't fight for the relationship, when she thinks that Bowen chose Mariah and, like, her fears are coming back into play and she thinks that she's being passed over again 
and not being chosen again, she's like, in the sense, she's like, no, I deserve better. So that's what I think her monster is, is like the fear of being passed over. Was there anything else? Well, I think Bowen's hatred for witches was also. Yeah. But I do feel like that's kind of a, yeah, that's a recurring theme in this series. So I don't want to talk about it too much because it's kind of like we start saying the same things that we've been saying since the beginning. Yeah. There's not much of a difference on that front. I don't know. I just felt like for me, that was the one that stood out. Like as soon as I read a certain point, I think it was... I don't remember when it was, but I think I read it and I was like, okay, let me write this down because I think this was the, like, the monster. Because it was, in a sense, stopping her from even, like, enjoying the memories that she had with her parents because she kept remembering, they gave me up. They didn't choose me. So she couldn't even enjoy the happy moments. They didn't, exactly. They didn't. Haxa literally froze them. And they loved her. They loved Mary Cat and they wanted to be with her, but they couldn't physically be with her because of what Haxa did. And then obviously she realizes... Oh, wait, my parents did choose me. They did love me, but... That was another thing that I just didn't see coming. Yeah. I really thought they had just abandoned her. But I mean, I kind of figured there was probably more to the story, but what actually happened, I had not guessed at all. For Bowen, I wonder if part of his monster might have been also the memory of what happened when he first lost his mate. Yeah. A certain, like, fear of what he is and what he turns into because he this was definitely like a fear of his like when he knew that the full moon was coming and that he was going to be stuck with Mary Ketta like he truly started fearing what might happen and was trying to do everything so that that wouldn't happen you know even like lock himself away or whatever like he was just about ready to do anything yeah because he didn't want history to repeat itself you know with Mary Ketta and he kind of did he did run away from himself because he gave her the choice. Yeah, that's true. He and they did. both ran away in yeah. different directions. So I think it is pretty sad that when you can't accept that part of you, I just feel like, I mean, like being a light gay is such a big part of him. And I feel like you kind of realize that with, um, with Sebastian's book as well. Like when you can't accept what makes you you, you know, being a light gay, being a vampire is pretty sad because, yeah, Bowen had to accept that, you know, he's a like a, but he's also, you know, a great person. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he feared what he could do to his mate, and that made him fear what he was. Did you have any other takes on what you think the monster can be, S? His love for Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's love, man. This man even said it. He felt guilt, but no matter how much guilt you feel, never, ever say another woman's name it makes me so mad but but let's be real guys there's it no but during the full moon shut up no and the last full moon he was with his no. but they never had sex died and yeah they no. didn't but like he was he was stuck in the memory guys he was stuck in the now memory. who's playing you know devil's advocate <laughs> devil's and now advocate. who's giving bowen the benefit of the doubt <laughs> no marge not today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just love how Mary Kenna from the beginning till the end, she's just trying to find the best ways of just making like bothering. Irritating him, him. yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I just love it because like you can tell Bowen hasn't experienced any sort of like pleasure, whether that be like a good laugh or just like just having fun yeah. in forever. And like he even says it that he enjoys this, like he enjoys having fun with her. 
Because like she is so mm-hmm. funny. I would love to be her friend. Heck, she has she has friends like Reagan and stuff. I would totally want to hang out with them. But I feel yeah. like they'd be so chaotic. Like they even talked about uh, oh we have to talk about Carol as well. But like Carol, like she literally couldn't do the talisman's high because this girl was like in prison for streaking like in New Orleans. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, it starts off with her, like, Mariketta saying, like, Carol was supposed to be with her, but she couldn't because she was streaking down the street in New Orleans, but she was, she kept claiming that her wearing um, the beads doesn't count as nudity because she's wearing, like, a, like, a necklace, like, the, you know the beads that you wear, you see in Mardi yeah, Gras? Yeah, like, yeah. she was wearing yeah, those, yeah. and, yeah. <sighs> they, like, they're such a chaotic <laughs> bunch. Yeah. They really are. <laughs> I feel like the witches and the Valkyries should just hang out together a little bit more. I love it. Yeah, there are equal amounts of uh, chaoticness in yeah. both parties. Um, oh, we have to rank them. Um, we're going to need to come up with like a, an actual list because I'm going to forget the All names the of the characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to start writing it down. Okay, so it's Mari, Mist, Emma, and Katarin. Oh, controversial because i completely <laughs> forgot about katarin so that just like she kind of like katarin and sebastian you forgot about them okay so um for me it's mariketta yeah katarin miss Danama. okay okay um i think i'm gonna go nest obviously that one <laughs> is not even questionable mm-hmm. um but i'm I, i'm hesitating between mariketta and katarin as my second place. Can I like? They're tied. All right. Okay, <laughs> fine. You can make them tied. are tied for me, and then Emma. Okay. All right, males. Let's go. S. <laughs> it would be Bowen's bitch ass. Then... <laughs> I love that you hated on him so much in this episode, <laughs> and yet him, he's still your number him. one. Yeah. So it would be Bowen, Black Lane, Nikolai, and then Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, both Seth and I with the same face. <laughs> I'm a werewolf girl. Uh, yeah, I think we know this now. Yeah. Uh. Girl, um, just FYI, S was the girl that preferred werewolves in Twilight. So, <gasps> Wait, for like one Jacob? movie. For one movie. She was yeah. Team Jacob. For one what movie. The hell? Which was what new um, movie? Yeah. I have an for announcement to make. To both Marge and S, I will no longer be part of this podcast. I cannot for creative differences. <laughs> and yeah, we're kicking S to the curb for this. <laughs> it was for one movie. Oh, one God. movie. Oh gosh. Arch nemesis. Um. Anyways, All right. Um. What about you? Okay. So, so mine um is Bowen, Nikolai, yeah. um Sebastian, then Lockley. Nikolai. <laughs> Nikolai, Sebastian, Bowen. I I feel like I would again say Sebastian and Bowen are tied for me. Oh, clearly I I've I mean I've enjoyed um, book two and three about the same I would say. So yeah, again Sebastian and, and uh, Bowen are tied for me, and then Lockley. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on Conrad's book. I'm so. Well, I have thoughts. <laughs> Does, that means not thoughts. good thoughts. Oh gosh. I don't know. <laughs> She doesn't have good thoughts, as Connor's so is one of my faves. Well, all I'm going to say is I better like him. 
This is so sad. Mars doesn't like Conrad. You're probably not gonna like him because he's a vampire. No, you're you're making things up. I did not say that I didn't like Conrad. But the way you're talking about it makes it seem like you didn't. She's she's not saying anything though. Exactly, and the way her tone of voice, mm, I'm taking as she didn't like it. Because I think she did. No, I'm not gonna say. You're gonna. Have I think to he's gonna take the. He's gonna take the the second spot. I think. Next Second, week, or you think he's gonna take top? He's. Uh, I won't spoil it. Girl, I'm sorry. I can spoiler alert. He ain't beating Nikolai for me. <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, see, she hated it. No. no. I think he's gonna take the second spot. Blink once if he takes the second spot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blink. Anywho, um, this is it for this week. <laughs> This is it for this week, um, or what? No, this is it for this episode of Romance and the Monsters on Wicked Deeds. No, yeah. yes, Wicked Wicked Deeds on the <laughs> Winter's Night. <laughs> oh gosh, we lost Mark. <laughs> um, and you can find us at BRTM Pod on Twitter or Romance and the Monsters Podcast on Instagram. You can find me at Foes and Lovers on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find me as on But This Book on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can find me, Saf, on both Twitter and Instagram at Pros with Woes. There you go. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.